Good evening, folks, and welcome back to yet another episode of South the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine, sitting across from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas Mueller. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing great, and hello, folks. Oh, yeah, I messed that you up. You did, but Ooh, that's okay. It's been right. a little while, honestly. It has. You know, maybe I just wanted to spice it up just a tad. And I appreciate that. Switch it up. You know, this is kind of our first true episode of the season. Right. There's, there's football to talk about. There's real football. And, oh, boy, is there football to talk about. This is probably the most invested I've ever been in preseason football. Yeah, I completely agree. Because previously, what, it's like Aaron Rodgers hasn't played the last couple preseasons, right? And if he did, it's like what nothing he does is going to matter to you one way or the other if he throws an interception you're like okay cool doesn't matter we have Aaron Rodgers we're fine if he throws a touchdown I'm like well duh it's Aaron Rodgers you know so that's kind of the the perspective I had over most of the team when your expectations are so high year in year out what's the preseason even mean to you you just want to get through it at that point yeah and instead this was like a sampler course right we get yeah. to see, we get to see what Jordan Love looks like we get to see what a lot of these rookies look like a lot of guys that We've talked about in previous episodes, guys, that, you know, we need to have not suck, right? Yep. Those sort of guys. So much young talent just across the board that we can watch hopefully grow and develop. Yeah, it is a very exciting time to be a Packer fan. I know a lot of people are, are shitting on us, which we love here, bro. We, we do. We love that. Speaking of love, and no, we're not going to Jordan right now. <laughs> when Luke and I were doing a little pregame, uh, how are we going to plan this out? I didn't even mention that we were going to do our usual scheduled program. Oh, God. I think, and I know. Oh, God, we're bringing that back? Of course we are, man. Okay. That's a staple of the show, Is sir. it? We got... Okay. Well, well we're going to stop doing Illinois' own, too? We're just going to give up on everything that makes our show I great? Mean, nah, Illinois' own is literally, the I think, the bones of the show. Am I going to be sane? Are you going to be crazy? No, 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 no. We are doing... I got to be the sane one. You got to be the crazy. Exactly. 100%. Yep. Exactly. That's how we do this. I will begin. Please do. I'm going to need time to think of one. I know. That last year, you, and myself, and many other members of our greater Packer media, greater Packer fandom, kept on asking, you know, we get crossed to death. When can we start doing that? And the answer is now in the season of love, because this preseason we have seen Jordan Love hit on deep crossers, over routes, whatever you want to call them, where you go usually behind the linebackers and cover two underneath the safety. We saw him hit Jaden Reed for and a beautiful touchdown against the Patriots. And even if it's Across the field feels dramatic, but it's definitely a long throw on some of these that he's making. You know, he's on the right side of the pocket. He's throwing to the left corner and he's hitting people in stride and he's not showing fear. It's beautiful to see, man. Couldn't be happier. But yeah, let's just cross him to death because it's working. I like that. Yeah, no, and I agree. Uh, I think overall, and this is something I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit too, is the middle of the field is much more open than it, than it has been for business a little bit because Aaron Rodgers... Obviously did not like the middle of the field. The middle of the field is risky. It is. So it's going to be, and kind of my I know, is I know we're going to see overall a very different offense. And I kind of wondered exactly what that would look like. In preseason, you're not going to show all your cards, right? But Josiah is going to be a fullback, mostly. Probably. Probably. He's actually going to be kind of the H-back role, consistently, it seems like. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully for him. Henry Pearson, hopefully. <laughs> but even Henry Pearson, he's a fullback, right? Yeah. Oh. He's not a tight end playing fullback. He's a he's a fullback. Either of them will be playing fullback, yes. Correct, so that'll be something different. Um, even they've talked a little bit about Christian Watson's not doing it really any jet sweeps and stuff like that anymore. They're using a bunch of different people, including someone who we'll talk about later because I'm so excited about it. Um, but things like that, it's just it's going to be a very different offense i mean jordan's in the back of the drop ball's coming out right it's on it's on target mostly in rhythm um middle of the field i it's gonna look very different for us because we really were watching the aaron Rodgers slash matt lafleur offense this year's gonna be the whole thing right this is this is maddie maddie boy 100 percent of the way so i'm very interested to see what that looks like yeah, even though LaFleur will never admit the whole LaFleur offense thing, it's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. You're not fooling any of us, buddy. Like, mm-mm. So for my next, I know, because you just kind of cheated and slid yours in there, but I'll take it. I'll take it. It worked. I know that going into this preseason, you know, besides obviously being excited to see what Jordan Love 
had to cook up for us. I was fascinated into the safety room, right? We got Savage, who mm. we both want to have more in the slot. But then you got Tavarius Moore, free agent, athletic guy. Jonathan Owens played a lot of snaps for the Texans. Good tackler. Rudy Ford, you know, my brother-in-law's favorite player. Matt, I got you always. A little bit of a folk hero for the Packers last year. We got a lot of different pieces. And, of course, Anthony Johnson Jr. And I know that I could not be more disappointed. Not necessarily out of out of poor play that they've been, you know, Swiss cheese and full of holes. But, man, other than that Dallin Levitt picked interception or uh, pick off the tip from uh, pressure from Brenton Cox, I think he got a hand on it. Mm-hmm. There ain't been nothing, you know. There, there's been so little out of that room to really separate oneself and just a golden opportunity for so many of those young men. I'm really hoping against, I think if we play Seattle this week, that someone just looks themselves in the mirror and takes that other safety job. My God, man, I don't want to be rotating people in. And you're seeing guys like Jonathan Owens playing in the fourth quarter yeah, against quarterbacks that, you know, when we're playing Madden are like 52 overall, bro. <laughs> like you shouldn't be having issues with these guys when you're still in. And it's just been a little disheartening for that room. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. Obviously, my guy going into the season a little bit was Anthony Johnson Jr., right? And he hasn't done a ton either. Um, it's a hard group. It's, it's a hard group to kind of to kind of wade through and figure out who's going to do what. Um, I think there is potential there still, but I'm with you. I kind of hoped for a little bit more out of Owens, um, and we'll talk about these guys again later, but somebody's got to do something, right? It's a good thing we have a corner, good cornerback group because we clearly don't have a ton of playmakers playing safety at the moment. At the moment. At the moment. Hopefully something changes. Maybe the defensive scheme starts getting a little bit more exotic, a little bit more aggressive, plays to a couple of their strengths. Who knows? Obviously, you're going to play a lot of vanilla D in preseason. You're not going to give all the cards away. Right? Correct. Yeah, we weren't seeing exotic blitzes or anything fun. No. So maybe some of those shifts in coverages and assignments play to some of their strengths a little bit more. Jonathan Owens did have uh, a nice kind of tipped ball that could have kind of been an interception sort of thing playing near the line. So maybe that's a little bit more of his his deal. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. All righty. All righty. So. I think we're in for a, a very different special teams room right so Keyshawn's gonna be the kick returner we know we know what we got there that's great is he gonna be as good as last year probably not because that was like borderline historic but so we're good right that Uh, feels weird that's kind of an inverse from the last couple years having an automatic check mark is weird yeah I feel good about our punt returner Jane Reed I think he's gonna be really good give that man the ball it's just the right answer so I feel good about the return game there's this other side. All of the kicking I don't love. All of it. Yeah, Anders had another hard day, it sounded like. He missed three from Today, yeah. 50, like right in a row. Yeah. And Patty O'Donnell's been okay. I mean, he wasn't awesome last year. Him and, and what's-his-face, the, the guy, other guy. Yeah, Daniel Whalen. He hasn't. He's done nothing. Yeah. And just uninspiring kicking when I think historically for us, we felt pretty good about that part of it. It's always been the return game that's been, just been utter trash in recent times. Yeah, people want to talk about going from, you know, Favre to Rodgers. But on the other side of that, you have Longwell. And there were a couple years think, in between. I think there's only, like, one kicker that went between Longwell and Crosby. I feel like there were a few ones. I remember, like, in our shitty years with Favre, after Longwell, I feel like we had some real struggles. Like, Dave Rayner, a kicker. Hmm. Yeah. So there were a couple guys in between there, I think, and doesn't matter, matter. But Ryan Longwell to Mason Crosby was also pretty sick, just n- not needing to have that question mark. You right. know, if it's like a 50-yarder for a lot of teams and, and looking like for us this season, it's going to be a question of, okay, you know, it's fourth and four. We should be, you know, should we be keeping Jordan on the field? Right. And it's unfortunate to have, and there was a, there was a, play in one of the pre and the uh practices of the patriots we were down coming back late and it was a game-winning kick mm-hmm. i think in the 40s range you just missed it like if you're gonna have that development from love in the offense 
and hopefully from the defense and, like we said, other areas of special teams, we can't be coming up short because our kicker sucks or is inconsistent, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But I'm afraid it's going to come back to bite us this year, and I don't really have a, a different answer. I'm not going to say at this point, go sign Mason or go trade for somebody. We're going to keep this kid because he's a draft pick. And his brother, too, if we remember. Did the exact same. Well, I don't want to say did the exact same thing. Anders hasn't actually failed yet. But his brother. But Daniel did against was, us. But also, wasn't he the one, the Vikings kicker, when they had Seattle, when they played in like Minnesota Stadium mm-hmm. in that playoff game, that missed a 22-yarder or whatever it was to win the game? But Rick Basaccia took last half full in that, and he's like, yeah, and his brother went through struggles too, and is still a very good kicker. Uh, he's second best in the league, probably behind Justin Tucker. So one thing, and this is going to sound like a dig, and it's not meaning to, he can go to his brother and be like, how do you, how do you mentalize this? Right. How do you push through these struggles? Because he was, you know, he had another rough day before the Patriots game and then nailed like a 52-yarder, which I think would have been good for my like 57, 58. Yeah. Boy, looked 50 great. But you got to be consistent in this league, especially at that position. Uh, one thing I will say is hopefully he's a gamer, right? Some people are like that. Yeah. We don't have a big enough sample size to determine that with him yet. But, yeah, I think you bring up a really good point with, you know, we were spoiled with quarterbacks and people don't think about it. We were very spoiled with kickers mm-hmm. because most teams don't get to experience that. They don't have essentially two kickers for, again, like 30 years um, of consistent good to great play, right? They go through them all the time. If you look at any other team's roster, they just cycle through them, right, with very few exceptions. So it's going to be weird. The tables have kind of turned on special teams. What once was good is now bad, and what once was bad is now good. But, hey, we'll see. It'll be interesting. He said, hopefully he's a gamer. Time will tell. And he's young. I mean, Hopefully he figures it out. Mm-hmm. We'll have to ride with him a little bit. Luke and I decided that instead of doing our usual offense and defense and doing each preseason game, because we haven't covered either of them yet, doing like the, with the traditional format, that we're just going to kind of hodgepodge it all together and go position group. Yeah. Because I feel like for both of us, the game's kind of blended together. So we'll start at quarterback. Talk to me about Jordan Love. Man, I, I think the first thing that struck me, because I'm not going to be all sunshine and rainbows, the first thing that struck me is he's been starting really slow. Really slow, and this is something just kind of reading through a lot of the practice stuff as well. Um, the first couple of drives don't look awesome. No, right? I, maybe it's a little bit of anxiety and nervousness and gripping a little too tight. It could be. We've seen. I mean, Brett used to do that a lot, kind of the opposite direction, where he would just start overthrowing everybody, kind of to start the game because he was so amped up, so excited. He needed to kind of calm down um, and get hit to kind of settle into the game. Jordan doesn't have quite the same way, but you could just tell he's just not quite right, and then he turns it on as he gets drive after drive after drive. So it's more apparent, I think, in preseason because he's only playing two to three drives. So if one of them sucks, you can tell. Over the course of an entire game, it won't be as noticeable, I feel, but just something I kind of kind of saw. But overall, I mean, I, I feel he has been as advertised. I think the struggles that I expected – are going to be there, right? He's not Aaron Rodgers. He throws dangerous passes at times. He does. He had a couple against the Patriots mm-hmm. on the move, right? Uh, he was going to his left, trying to kind of like just whip it back to Musgrave as Musgrave was also going right to left, but it was behind him. And there's a lot of Patriots everywhere. And it the, fall, the ball fell to the ground and it was fine. It was just an incomplete pass, but that was just a messy play that we are not used to for the last 15 years. So we're going to have to get accustomed to more risk-taking, right? Some worse potential reads and ball placement like that. But now that I've kind of gotten a lot of the the bad part out, I think overall I've been very pleased, and there's a lot to be optimistic about about his future going forward because he can throw the football, right? He's had some of those wow throws, Um and he's reading the defense relatively well. I like how quick he's making decisions, which is kind of the anti-Aaron once again. But overall, I think he's shown he can show up against NFL-caliber defenses. He's looking a lot more like Philadelphia Jordan than he is Kansas City Jordan. Yeah, I think that he's really just been stacking success like throughout his career. Like He has just slowly but surely improved every single time that we've seen him. 
I agree with your slow starts. Now, that also gets me thinking, this is going to be wishful thinking. We probably won't do it. But we can't be the only ones seeing that. And if you are Matt LaFleur on the coaching staff, you know it would be a really good idea early in game plans to help out your young quarterback. Run the damn ball. Yeah. Which, Run the ball, which would be just good for the offense as a whole because we have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon correct. and a pretty stacked offensive line. And it seems like that's a a choice that's being made in these games. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the preseason, right? They're it's not, the preseason in practice. So it's right. like throw that ball. That's what we need to figure out. We know what we have with even the offensive line run blocking and the running packs. We need to figure this part of it out. Yeah, totally. And and take those risks, especially in preseason. I think go for it. He's going to be a risk taker, like you said. But there is a extra level of it because it's preseason, and they always say, like Aaron would say, that's when you throw that risky ball that you see probably if you would can do it. Yeah, you probably go to your next read normally, but you're like, all right, it's preseason. Let me just see if I can fit that in there. And there was a few of those throws. Like the one of Jane Reed, mm. my God, dude, I ain't, touchdown? I ain't throwing that ball. But, yeah, no. he hit him right in the perfect spot. You can't throw a better ball than that. I mean, we've seen that out of a few times. The deep throw to Romeo Dobson's the Patriots was also beautiful. I mean, we had that show after Kansas City, and I remember you just sitting being like, Devin, you're like, what are, you, what are you seeing out of him? Like, we're not – everything that was advertised out of the draft that we heard – just just weren't seeing it, but we're seeing it now. We are. We're seeing a little bit of the mobility moving around, keeping himself alive. And on and with the arm strength, I mean, yeah, there have been some underthrows, and that's just gonna come. I'm gonna say this and I want people to take it with a grain of salt, but I think it would be good for a lot of us to go back and watch Aaron Rodgers' rookie year. And I'm not comparing Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers, but what I'm trying to get you to realize is is you go back and you watch some of Aaron Rodgers' early tape, and you're going to see some of those missed throws too. You're going to see even a man that we treated like he was the Messiah. Even he was human. Even a God King can bleed. Just, just important to remember this, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of these kinks, I believed can and should be worked out by yeah. simply playing. I completely agree. I completely agree. I like what you said about Every time we see him, he's been better. Because I remember doing that episode about the, that Kansas City game, and it was like, dude, like, what is this guy good at? Yeah, right? that, like, that was not... like a hard stop. You put my ass <laughs> on the spot. Like, so, Devin, so what have you seen out of him? Like, that's good. And you, we sat there yeah. with, with that type of tone, like a hard pause waiting for my answer. It's like at that point in time, I didn't even see the arm strength. I'm like, if you're at least – if you're whipping it around, you're making bad decisions, that's one thing, right? Where's the raw talent? But right, where is it? Right? And we're seeing it now. We're seeing it now. I still would like to see the arm a little bit more. I think he can be a little inaccurate when he tries to zip it in there. That really bad miss to Musgrave, I think that was the first game from. Yeah, I think so. Where he was wide open on a crosser and just, just whiffed it. Mm-hmm. Right? Just out of the reach of Musgrave. And Musgrave is a giant. It just, just missed him. It's it hard to do, someone that big. It is. It is. But I want to see some more of that. I think some of the deep balls could have been even better had he thrown it with a little bit more velocity, a little less air. I know that that's something Matt LaFleur has come out and said that they're working on to more, put more air in some of his throws. So maybe that's just kind of a, a coaching tip he's relying on at the moment. Where he's actively trying to do that. Um, but I think you bring that ball flight down a little bit. Some of these throws may make it in there that one to Christian Watson in the first game being probably a prime example. You can get it there. He has the arm strength to do it. Get it there before the safety comes over type of thing. Or throw it far enough where the safety just can't get to it. Um, but overall, he looks comfortable and in control. And that's that's really the main thing I wanted to see. Does he look like he knows what he's doing and he's a competent NFL quarterback out there? And the answer is yes. Agreed. All right, in the sake of time, let's move on to the other quarterback in the room. And if I may start us off, because I'll go for it, man. I think this is someone who is definitely in my wheelhouse. It is well known on this show, and if you're a person in my life, my obsession for Matt Flynn, you can call it unhealthy. I call it very healthy. It's all love. The only with Matt Flynn I always had was that, you know, if Rodgers went down or whatever, we weren't dead. We were in a fight. He could make something happen. And I feel like I had that feeling pretty early. And you and JP and everyone else thought that I was full of shit. And then we went to New England and we nearly beat them. And we went to Dallas and came back from 26 to 3 and against the Lions, 48, whatever that game was, where we set the records. 40 points. Yeah. yeah. 
I get the fe- same feeling from Sean Clifford because that man is a gamer. We, we talk about this guy who played five years at Penn State. And like it, 55 years at Penn State. Yeah, Dude's older than Jordan Love. Basically. But it shows. It didn't look like the the moment was too big for him in the slightest. He's out there slinging. Uh, granted, he did throw two picks against Cincinnati. First one was just a, a very unfortunate. I give the assist to Sean Ryan because he just turned style and let his guy right through. Mm-hmm. I think the hot read was a just like a simple um, drag across the middle and the linebacker corner. I think it was a, it was a safety, actually. Just read yeah, it perfectly and just took it to the house. So shout out to that dude taking full advantage of the opportunity. But it was either after that one or the next one, which is a, a poorly contested ball by Luke Musgrave, that he goes out. And he throws the exact same pass mm-hmm. his first time back out there. Dude has no conscience. It's like a cornerback having mm-hmm. to have a short memory. Clifford's the same way. He threw an absolute dime, dime to Samari Toure in the first game. And then against the Patriots, too, he was starting to get his rhythm. And then, you know, the game did end because of the injury, which I think everybody who listens to the show would agree with. That was the right call. 100%. But we were driving. And yeah. I think that with Sean Clifford at the helm in a in a close game late, I like our chances. Now maybe they put in the Magoof ball later, but Sean Clifford, man, he's running, he's gunning. You're even seeing they're running. They're probably not actual read options with him, but where it looks like it, and the defense is respecting him. I think he did like a 15, 16 yard scramble in the first game. He's athletic. He is. All those things you said about you know. Coach's son, good clipboard <laughs> guy. Sean Clifford was like, F you south of Cheddar Curtain. I'm going to show you what's up, and I'm going to get that Matt Flynn title, and, and here we are. I think he has been probably my biggest surprise overall, I would say, of of the preseason because I feel like I was lied to leading up to the NFL draft because this whoever they talked about is not this guy, right? I'd heard a lot of like, you know, kind of game manager type situations. Like, yeah, he's, you know, he's he's tough, right? He does show up in big games, right? I, I did hear that. But a lot of the more the game management manager stuff, not like the talented ones, you know, not even as talented as Trace McSorley, <laughs> right? Uh, Laughable. But, like, this dude's just out here slinging it, which I love because, realistically, if Jordan Loves go, goes down, we're screwed, right? But... Sean Clifford gives me hope that we're not just going to throw three-yard passes the whole way until we lie in our coffin, right? We're going to make this interesting. We're going to go out there and try. He's going to throw some picks, but he's going to throw some dimes. We're going to go down swinging. If 100%. Sean Clifford comes in the game, everyone's like, oh, we're dead. And he's going to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't check a pulse. I didn't get that memo. We we ain't dead. Feels like the first throw might be a pick six, but then he's going to go on and throw three touchdowns afterwards. Like, it just... Like 244, three touchdowns, three picks is what we would get yep. out of Sean Clifford in a Jordan Love early first quarter injury. I'm getting some, he's giving me Fitz magic, Fitz magic vibes, 100%. That's what I'm feeling out of him. I say Brett, and I know people are going to really like run away with that and think it's a real hot take. I'm not saying talent level. I'm just saying how he plays the game. That's, he, just, he just goes out there and balls, and he doesn't give a F what you think. That's why I said Fitz magic, kind of a way less talented version of that. I don't think he was that good with his wheels, though. I mean, so looking back yeah, at that draft not, not quite as athletic, I would say. But I think overall the no conscience can win you a game on a throw. Can you lose you a game on the next throw and then not care and just come back throw it again? That definitely feels like a Fitzpatrick type of type of vibe to me, which is, by the way, fantastic value in the fifth round if that's what he turns into. Absolutely. Phenomenal. So I was going to say. Especially because we got dragged for that pick. Rewinding. If you had to look back and give that pick a grade right now. I mean, we were not kind to it. We're going A's, baby. <laughs> we're going A's, and I'm saying that for both of us. And if you try to dispute that no, and I'm you with finish you. your drink, I'm with you. the show is done. Or you can head upstairs, and I'll finish it. I was going to say, this is my house. You can't kick me out. I can kick you out <laughs> if you speak blasphemy. All right. We're at 24 minutes. We're going a little slow. We need to keep on rolling. That's okay. The running backs are pretty quick. Running backs. So Aaron Jones hasn't really done anything, which, which is, is perfectly fine. fine. Good. Don't hurt him. A.J. Dillon. He's fine. been fine. He hasn't done a ton either, which is also okay. We know what we have in those two. So RB3 battle, uh, the incumbent being Patrick Taylor, hasn't seen a whole, whole lot out of like the RB3 little room. I would say he's probably seen like the, the least of the carries. But when he's been out there, I mean, he did score a touchdown off of a nice Luke Musgrave block, I believe, that in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. So he's again, taken full advantage of the opportunities he's been given. He's looked a lot like Patrick Taylor. 
Yeah, it was nice to see a more pop in him. Like yeah. I feel like he's very subdued and like very chill. But when he scored, he went up into Lambo leap. That was awesome. I was, excited. I was like, good for you, PT. I want to bring up uh, Lou Nichols next because I, just nothing out of him, right? Even even early in camp, just not great. So we spent a draft pick on him. Not great. Yeah, he's been the worst back out of. He's the probably whole group. been the worst draft pick so far. But hey, I think he also sorry. banged up too. But yeah, yeah he's, he's done been nothing. dealing with some injuries. But even before that, he like couldn't catch football and stuff. So I imagine he's going to be on practice squad. He's not really in the battle anymore. I think going into the preseason, I thought he was going to be in the battle potentially. Same. And it just it, it ain't happening. Partially yeah. because of Emmanuel Wilson, who's gone off for I think like three touchdowns in two games. He's awesome. I he's love that. Ran guy. for over. I'm pretty sure a buck in both games. He's looked really good. Granted, it is against you know third, fourth string defenses. But at that point, what's he supposed to do? Look bad? No, I, mean, all I he can know. Do is I'm look just good. trying to say like sample size, and also as we mentioned before the show, I think we really need to see what this kid can do in pass protection because that was a deciding factor in Patrick Taylor versus Tyler Goodson. Tyler Goodson. Tyler Goodson being the much more polished traditional running back but smaller but very electric electric yeah taylor. i mean he can break one for 50 patrick 100%. taylor can break one for five hey his touchdown run, run was longer than that fair but like the when like he goes for five eights. it was still great yeah yeah he um but patrick taylor does contribute in special teams and he has a good pass blocker so i think that's really that's the the piece of this whole running back three situation if we even keep a third running back, because last year we didn't, but if we do, we really need to put Emmanuel Wilson in pass protection situations this week and see what he can do on teams and kind of go from there. I agree, because I, I really like what I see out, as a, out of him as a runner. I think he's got a little bit of pop with the ADR touchdown. I, I did not expect him to make it all the way. I will say that Matt LaFleur did bring up his conditioning a little bit after the Patriots Yeah, he was a little gassed, apparently. Yeah, so that's not great. Uh, but really good vision. Like that that's the big thing for for me for him. Like he's not the the world's greatest athlete, clearly. Um but he's got good size. He seems to be a good athlete, not great. But really nice vision. There's that one run to the left where he kind of just squirted through the hole. I don't know if he it's the like first run of the game for him. Yeah. That was great. I think a lot of running backs would have just ran straight into the line and, and completely missed that hole. But he he's got some vision. He's got a little bit of juice, I think. He's got a little bit of wiggle for being a relatively uh, bigger plotting guy, so I, I like him. I like him a lot as a potential Patrick Taylor replacement. Because if he can figure out pass pro, if he's not god awful at it, I think he has much more upside in an actual running situation than Patrick Taylor. I think he can get more than five yards. And there's something just fun about seeing the 31 jersey on offense. It feels like he's one of those running backs that we had in like the Varen Marenzi Sem Congato years, like just like a random ass ch- number. <laughs> kind of brings that back. Random guys that would show up and run pretty well. Like, you're my new favorite player. Love yeah, it. He fits into that perfectly. So, under receiver, we go. Because I don't, I mean, Tyler Goodson did like one thing and that was it. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, recently. so I, it's Patrick Taylor versus uh, Mr. Wilson. So, wide receiver. It, it's been interesting. It has. I think that Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs have been pretty as advertised. Romeo Dobbs continues to be an absolute dog when it comes to some 50 50 balls and then drops easy ones. He's better than advertised. Romeo, for me, anyways. I really like what I'm seeing out of him. He's still dropping easy ones. You're not wrong. I think Christian hasn't really done much, which once again is fine. I'm going to put him in the Aaron Jones, Jones yep. AJ Dillon. Like you could just, we know you're going to be good. Like I'm not worried about you. We're clearly not trying to get you the ball a ton, anyways. But Romeo, I feel like he's really stepped up into what we saw at the beginning of last year before his injury, where he was that really good possession receiver that had some pop. That's kind of what we're seeing. He's beating people deep frequently, but he's also snagging a lot of those slant routes that can get a little contentious there in the middle. There's that third down play where Love just kind of dropped back, got to the back of his his drop, and just ripped it straight to Romeo in kind of a contested catch situation, plucked it out of the air away from his, away from his body. I was like, man, that's perfect. We need that. We missed that last year. The only person we really had that could do it was Alan Lazard, and he's obviously gone. Romeo has way more upside than Allen ever did, receiving-wise anyways. Totally. So I think also, we don't really talk about fantasy a ton, but I think Romeo is going to be a sneaky fantasy play. Yeah, so when you draft my team, that's not a bad idea. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Because Christian Watson's going to get a lot of touchdowns. Jane Reed, too. Put that on your list. Okay. I'm going to pa- pause for a second. For the listeners at home. <laughs> so I was in a league with Luke and a couple other guys that were in his wedding. Uh, alongside me, of course. Got to have the co-host. Come on now. Correct. Thank you for that. And... 
I was in this league maybe three or four years ago, and I just wasn't paying attention. I think I was in three leagues at the time and just didn't take it seriously. There was an opening this year, and I was allowed back in on the condition that either Luke or Pat, who's in charge of the league, shout out Pat, thanks for the invite back, that Luke has to draft my team. So we're, we've done a little bit. We're going to do some more you know, talking strategy. I'm hoping you're not going to be too biased, but I swear to God, if you draft me Kirk Cousins or something, <laughs> you're finding yourself a new co-host. No, Sean Clifford. All right, I'm here for it. He's a big red dog. You got to do some things. Uh, so Romeo, I think, is going to be a good play. I think he's going to be a good play. I think he's going to have a lot of catches this year. And teams are going to be, I mean, doubled up or at least shading over to Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Luke Musgrave is going to be a problem. We're going to get to him. but Him and the next guy, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed, if I may, I'm going to jump on this real quick. I got, like, one big thing I want to bring about Jaden Reed because I don't think you're going to bring it up, but go for okay. it, man. What did I say when we drafted Jaden Reed? You're a big fan. What was the big thing I led with? Great question. The big thing I remember leading about with Jaden Reed is that this guy's like 5'11", right? Yeah. And he he looks like he should be a slot guy because of his just physical skills Mm -hmm. and the nimbleness and probably his like cone drill was, I'm sure, amazing. But what I said was that you go look up Jaden Reed highlights. You see a lot of them out, out wide and you see him mossing people and whether it's it's love money or it's Cliff Daddy. Like, it don't matter who's slinging the ball. It doesn't matter if Jaden Reed's covered. He's open. And he had another, like, he had multiple 50-50s, go get him. And you know what? He went and got it. That dude is a dog. He really is. Naperville's own. Naperville's uh, own. Thank God. The best I own. Already, he's already the best <laughs> own we've ever had. I mean, we're we're gonna talk about one of the other ones, but yeah, that that's completely fair. I think uh, when Reed got drafted, two of the people we brought up uh, were Steve Smith. Um, that's a lofty goal. Ice up, son. And uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, yeah, I mean, he's looking like good AB. Just don't he's, get concussed. He is. I mean, not like seventeen hundred yards AB or whatever, but he's because AB didn't play in the slot, not all the time, right? No. He could he could do whatever, and he'd go up and get a ball. They're different frames, but I think my favorite part about the Jane Reed experience so far was when he scored that touchdown because I find it awesome when I watch all these other other teams and some short little dude scores a touchdown, right? And they're always jacked. I'm thinking like Tyreek Hill type of type of vibes here, right? Okay. And they do a little dance, right? We've had nobody like that in a long time. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last like little playmaker we had. Aaron Jones isn't that little. I'm going to ignore him in the situation. Not like Geronimo. No. No, he was tall and lanky and not a playmaker at all. Exactly. Jimmy Graham. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. Young cop. It's got to be like rookie cop. Corliss small enough. Does he no, count? Corliss was a tight end, Devin. Is he small? <laughs> he wasn't that big, though. We didn't have anybody. I mean, Greg Jennings wasn't Spencer tall. Spencer Hayner but... was probably 6'1". Okay. Dude, you're just naming like tight ends and fullbacks at this point. <laughs> Desperate. What can I say? <laughs> but yeah, just like a little playmaker with swag that just like is going to go get it. Right? Totally. And that's, that's Jane Reed. And everybody needs someone like that. And he is already making a ton of plays. Pencil him in. No, write it in in pen. He's our number three right now. I love it. I love what we see from him. He's doing a lot of the the jet sweep stuff. He's going to be actually useful in like Tyler Irvin, although Tyler Irvin was awesome. Tread lightly. But he can actually run a route off of that. <laughs> Tread lightly. Tyler Irvin is um, God. How dare so you. So I'm looking forward to all the things we're going to do with him because he looks great. He's fun, for sure. He is fun. And then you got a whole bunch of this other just grouping. I, I, I love this wide receiver Malik room. Heath? Like, where did he come from? He Who is, is this guy? He is deep in God. He just, he's, he's so, like Anquan Bolden. He's he good. throw it over the middle. It don't matter. He's going to go get it. He's good. I feel like that's the only route they have him run. Or He did run a corner and got absolutely popped by the safety. He ain't dropping it. He's good. Grant DuBose had a similar thing. Corner route against the Patriots. He was injured early on in camp, so kind of coming along here at the end. But Dontavian Wicks showing that apparently, hey, who would have known? He's not slow. He's not worthless. I don't know what idiot would have said that. But Dontavian Wicks. I'm really glad I came I came to bat for Dontavian Wicks with that draft pick because you came in hot. Yeah. Yeah, not my best uh, immediate draft reaction. I think there's been a few of those over the years. <laughs> yeah, I now think, we look I think back so. And, I think oh, so. Oh, Devin. But I think it's weird to say, but I think Wicks and Heath have... I mean, they got to be up there with Toure at this point. I mean, Toure did not have a good Patriots game. He had a good Bengals game. I almost forgot Tamari uh, Toure. Yeah. 
they're all in that just kind of group together. I, I think Dubose is probably the bottom of that group, and then you get to Bo Melton and Cody Crest and Deuce Watts, and like they're not gonna make the team. Jada Kiss Bonds and all that, right? <laughs> That's the only reason why I'd want him. Uh, Bo Melton. I mean, we all loved the idea of Bo, Bo Melton, but he there's no way he makes his team, right? There's no way. No, I think you were kind of alluding to it. I think that the bottom three, because the top three are obviously pretty set. I think probably Toure, as long as he doesn't shit the bed against Seattle. Yeah. And then Wicks. And then I would probably say Heath. Honestly, I feel like Wicks might have gone down with an injury, but between Wicks and Dubose, whoever's not healthy is probably going to the practice squad, hoping they don't get claimed. We could also keep what is it, seven, eight, seven. Like, just depending upon how the roster shakes out, because we've done that before in the past, where when you're 53, you keep the guys you're most concerned about being taken off the right. squad. We could keep all of them and then probably put Dubose again, Dubose or Wicks, whoever is banged up to the practice squad. Because Malik Heath not only is winning deep routes over the middle and showing that he's not afraid of contact, but this man is also ending careers blocking the ball he's crushing people into sidelines oh he's great he fits the the packer prototype of receiver so i it's an interesting receiver room very happy with the top three but also a lot of those guys like it's it's a very nice problem to have i think if i told you this two or three years ago that we'd be having a surplus of riches of the wide receiver room without having made a very uncharacteristic for the packers move as in you know, trading for someone or picking someone up in free agency that's not 48-year-old Sammy Watkins. It's surprising, but I'm happy to have this issue. I completely agree. I think Toure can can have a role in the, in the regular season. I think Heath can have a role in the regular season. I think DuBose probably needs more polishing, which given where he kind of his, his history college-wise and everything, that's not surprising. I still, I'm a big Wicks believer. I know he hasn't shown a ton. He has been nicked up. Uh, I think he's the one that is the most has the most playmaker potential at the NFL level. Upside, yeah, hundred percent. I think Heath, you you can plug him in at wide receiver four or five, right? He's gonna come in, block well, catch a good third down pass over the middle. He's gonna do what you need to do. He's gonna be poor man's Alan Lazard. Heath is right? a good sub. Yeah, I was gonna say in, in running situations because he's, he's gonna be a poor man's Alan Lazard. Because we have three very good receivers, and you also have Luke Musgrave, who the offense is gonna have a lot of him. Like he's Good he's going to be a very steady dose, so you you do have four receivers and you get the ball to, which is, again, it's a good problem to have. A nice problem to have. Speaking of Luke Musgrave, let's go to the tight end room. Oh first my things God. first. Whoa, 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 no, 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 we're not talking about Luke, Luke Musgrave right now. Oh man, we are saying not goodbye. I'll see you later, Tyler Davis. Unfortunately. One of the former pallbearers of yours, truly, Tyler Davis. Hey, come on, man. He's been pretty good this season. I know. Pre-season. I said, hey, hey, hey. I said former. Luke. You did. Former you did. means in the past. Your wife is a teacher. You should know that. One of the former pallbearers of yours, truly, Tyler Davis, tore an ACL um, against the Bengals. So, unfortunately, he'll be out for the season. Luke Rick Pisaccia himself said, it's like I lost my right hand. So, unfortunately, we lose him for special team snaps. And also, he was like the actual veteran in that tight end room especially with Josiah being more of a fullback kind of scary I think that with Tyler now gone Josiah will still be primarily fullback but if you need to get three tight ends set Josiah will be who you put back out there moving back to the traditional tight ends that we have Luke Musgrave is just showing that he's a dude he is so fast he's gonna burn people he's at practice he is clocking some of the fastest speeds throughout the day which is ridiculous we have some fast dudes on this team we are young and we are fast. I mean, I know Luke Musgrave ran a, like he ran a four six, which is that's moving for a guy that big six six two fifty. But it seems like his play speed is faster. I mean, we ran a jet sweep for him. That's exactly what I've wanted this whole time. You got all those super athletic tight ends and other teams that are doing all this crazy stuff, and it's awesome. And we never get to do any of it. I'm so excited for Luke. Musgrave. We never got to do any of it. Got to do any of it. We're gonna do it now. Clearly, amen to that. And also. I'm just going to put this out there once again, fantasy-related. You see how many targets Luke Musgrave got when Jordan Love was in the game? Are you going to be able to not be biased and realize that if I'm on the clock and need a tight end and I'm picking before you are, will you take Luke Musgrave for me? I was. We'll talk about this No, no, later. no. Well, let's get it. Let's get it uh, on national yeah, I could, reporter I could, media. I, I could take Sorry. him for you. International. International. So some of my German friends will come find you if you <laughs> if you pull that shit. Uh, but this he's getting peppered with targets. Peppered. I'd even say salted and peppered with how much. I mean, he, we are throwing him the ball a lot for the little bit that him and Lover are in the game together. 
So I'm super excited to see what he can do. He's clearly very athletic. Um, still not getting a ton of after the catch, but also some of that is love has missed him on some of his biggest opportunities, like that cross where we talked about earlier. There's been another one or two where just the ball placement wasn't quite there for him to be able to turn up field like he should have been able to. Uh, he's going to get the football a lot. He's going to be a problem for people. Agreed. He is running past some of these cornerbacks in these joint practices, just burning them deep. He's going to be a problem. And that that opens up the field if you can tight the middle with him. It's going to be great to see. To Tucker Craft, he hasn't shown anything great, but I think he's kind of been as as advertised. Yeah, he's been fine. Good blocker. And he's, again, going to be – I doubt there's going to be a lot of situations where you have a one tight end in there and it's Tucker Craft. He's going to be in the 12 personnel where you have him and you have – Mr. Yep. Musgrave, and then it's going to be kind of the Mercedes effect. And that's no dig on Tucker Craft, but he's just not going to be the first one you target. Correct. You're probably, if you're in man, you're not going to give him anything more than just a linebacker. I expect him to make some of those catches, but I'm happy that I've seen on him so far. And then Josiah has not done anything. <laughs> a little disappointing, but your time will come. I'm... Do I not get to talk about Tucker Craft? Oh, I was just kind of speeding through because I made a that's promise fine. to someone that we weren't. No, gonna that's fine. Be, that's fine. But you, let me talk about Tucker Craft, and then you can talk about Josiah. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> but Tucker Craft, yeah, we always knew he was going to take a little bit longer to develop, right? Given once again where he came from, the competition. Um, but he's been fine. That's all he needs to be. Tight end is the hardest, probably, position to transition to in the NFL. It seems like rookie tight ends are never any good, for the most part, unless they're generational talent. Looks like Luke Musgrave may be kind of in that boat, which is awesome, yeah. given where we got him yeah. in comparison to other tight ends in that draft. Uh, but Tucker Craft, he's going to take some time. Uh, he's going to make some plays, but he, I think we're not going to see the best of him for another couple of years where Luke Musgrave is going to have a much bigger immediate impact, clearly. I mean, he's, he's probably target number th- two or three at this point, realistically, just from what we've seen in the preseason. Yep. Um. So he's going to be huge. Tucker Craft, much less so. Austin Allen's a person. I don't think he's making the team. Probably not. He'll be on the practice squad. I pretty much guarantee that. We might waiver wire on our tight end. I wouldn't be surprised. Just to get another body in the but room. But time will tell, yeah. Because, again, I think that we prefer to have Josiah as just a fullback. Or is Josiah as just a do-nothing back at this point? Yeah, man. He's, he needs he's nothing. He needs to get it together. Josiah, how many times... Have I spoke on your behalf on this show? Literally every time he's come up. Don't make me look like an idiot. Other people can do that. I can do that. That's, I can do that plenty. That's your job. That's I, my job. I do it well. You also do it well. <laughs> Most people in my life do it very well. Josiah, please. This is the season of love. You just got married. Everything is falling right into your hands, man. You're you're really biblical. Go to church before the games on Sunday and show me something biblical. Please. Onto the offensive line. I'll let you take the point. Okay. Offensive line's been super interesting to me. Been fascinating. We have the the precipitous fall of Josh Myers. We have the ascendance of Zach Tom and Rashid Walker. That's out of the blue. Right? We got Sean Ryan looks fine. Yash looks fine. Royce looks like he's not going to make the team. Uh, Nashville's own. <laughs> Nashville, Illinois, own 100%. Caleb Jones had some injury issues, but looked like he looked fine when he was out there. But really, Zach Tom, I mean, Zach Tom's looked awesome. Rasheed Walker's looked great. Like, we have way too many tackles, and it's such a good problem to have. Rasheed Walker, just like out of the blue, got the start against, at left tackle. Yeah, against, against the Patriots. And who he may just, be the best defense in the league this year. He just killed it. Yeah, just not a single pressure, perfectly just. Sunday in the park for him. Is David Bakhtiari wearing a different jersey? Like, what, <laughs> what's going on over there? <laughs> just, just wild. It is wild to think about the talent we have. So at this point, you start thinking about, okay, is Zach Tom going to play center? Because Josh Myers can't snap the ball to save his life. Isn't very good at blocking anymore. He's struggling. Just with, with Myers, because you're talking about the snap over Love's head. It's not only you know that Love wasn't ready, but how is it? Thinking about where he is as a center. You're all the way down. You're right there. Mm-hmm. How can you incorrectly believe that someone encroached? 
what are you looking at? They're four they're four <laughs> inches away from you, buddy. Like, what are you what are you looking at? What are you doing? And if you're gonna do that, you know, you have to be certain that it's it's gonna be encroachment. It's like on those plays, like if let's just say it was a free play and the ball gets to love clearly, or or they call hike and it gets to love and it's clearly and sometimes those flags come out a little bit late. Yeah. But even then, like Love then has to make sure that it's a free play and he sees the flag coming out before he makes before he goes and just whips it downfield somewhere into triple coverage. Yep. Yeah, you have to be sure of it. So, yep. brother, Josh Myers, eat some carrots, get some Lasix, get your eyes fixed, and figure it out, buddy. Yeah, he's had a rough time. He may get promoted to guard uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, I hope not. Obviously, uh, us picking him over Creed Humphrey hurts to this day. But he's been a little bit of a a problem. But once again, Steady Eddie over there, John Runyon, just not making a sound over there, just rock-solid right guard. Love it. So shout-out to John Runyon because we have no reason to talk about him at all. He's just the starting right guard. He's he's pretty good. He's just the old pickup. That's what we're going to call him. He's he not really that is. old, but he's just consistent. He'll he really get you down is. to the quarry, no problem. So, like, what, our starting line right now is Bakhtiari – Big E, Josh Myers, Runyon, and Tom, with Tom maybe going to center. Then we got Rasheed Walker versus Yash as the backup swing tackle. I might challenge you a little bit there. I would like to see in this last game, I would like to see you put Zach Tom at center, you put Rasheed Walker at right tackle, and you would potentially try to maximize. I agree. A lot of people are saying that's the best five you can have. I would like to see Rasheed at right tackle and more of Zach Tom at center. I want to see Zach Tom at center versus ones. Yeah. Yes. And then if, um, sorry. And then if uh, if Tom goes down, or if somebody else in the line goes down, I think your least drop off would be putting Josh Myers back in at center, yeah. and then having Zach Tom go wherever because he can just do anything. We're saying Josh Myers sucks. He's still like an NFL caliber player. He's still better than Royce Newman, and like, he's still probably if you put him on the bench, it's either him or Nyman. Or Walker, like whoever the other backup is in that situation, whoever yeah. the backup tackle is, one of those two is, is the next best one in, at right. least for Myers at center. That's why you then would pull Zach Tom to wherever he needs to go. Correct. Because he's he's like little E. We got Big E in Elkton, and then we got little E in Zach Tom, because he's just mini version of Elkton Jenkins at this you, point. You just think about if we have those three like running to the left and to the right will still be good. I still like John Runyon and then whoever else plays right tackle. But I mean just probably Tom. Just those left, but I'm saying if you have Zach, oh, you have Zach, Zach Khan, then Elton, yeah, sure, then Bakhtiari, it's pretty sick. It's crazy to think about. We have probably five starter-level tackles. Yeah. That's wild. It would be nice about. if we had more options, but I mean, honestly, where else would you go, right? Like, John Runyon would be hard to supplant. Yeah, no, he's good. I'm fine with John Runyon. If he is your second-worst NFL lineman, that's pretty good. John Runyon would good be line. he would be the number one on some teams. He would be. So I offensive line looks awesome. We don't have awesome guard depth, I guess, is the only issue. But that's because half our tackles are awesome guards. So I we're fine. We're okay. We're good. I'm excited about that. We D did, line. We did cool. quickly, we did release Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen, yeah, yeah with injury resignation. He, he was terrible anyways. So he was. But that also kind of makes me think like, hey. Then the only center you have is Royce Newman. Or not, I'm sorry, Royce Newman. Zach Tom. Zach Tom, Josh Myers. Those are the only two. Yeah, so then center. Zach Tom should be playing center. James MP? No. Whoever De- that guy is? Defensive line. Defensive line. Go for it. What do you see? What do you like? Again, another time where I should have gone to Jewel and see if I could find some exotic crow to eat. Kobe Wooden nearly had a pick in the first game. Kobe Wooden's been good, man. Kobe Wooden's been good. Carl Brooks. Has been awesome. I feel like he's been lining up in the middle, kind of like I thought one? he would. Which one did you hate? You hated one of them. I didn't I think like Brooks. I, I didn't like either I, of them. I felt like there was extra vitriol for Brooks because you're like he's 300 pounds playing outside linebacker. Well, I just didn't like how they listed him. But I just I I was not sold on either of them because I thought they were both going to be really struggling getting off blocks because they were a little undersized. Not what we needed. And damn it, I was wrong. Not the case. They get off blocks. Um, they they've both been in heavy pursuit. Even Jonathan Ford. If you look at the the sack strip fumble by Kinsley and Obari. Kingsley comes off the edge, of course, and then just like speed rushes to the outside. And as a quarterback, when you have that, 
when you know you have an edge rusher, because it's a feel, you you step into the pocket. Well, Mac Jones had nowhere to step up because Jonathan Ford was delivering the center back to Mac Jones. Little reverse deja vu there for you. He's put, he's made a big step. Jonathan Ford looks like he can play now. I mean, he did not last year. He was just a giant body. All those guys that have been in that room, let's put Kenny Clark to the side. All of them look better than either they did last year mm-hmm. or than at least I thought they would have. TJ Slayton making plays. Devontae Wyatt looks way better. Well, we knew he was good last year. He was impactful. They just never let him on the field. And we were begging for that, but he is going to be a starter this year, he and that's going to be a problem. He looks really good. Carl Brooks, I mean, he is just – I don't even know how he does it, right? He had terrible testing numbers. He's just whooping people yeah. at this point. I want to see him versus more starting offensive lines at this point. Just You can beat backups, and that's great because you will encounter backups in the regular season. People get hurt. It happens, right? I want to see if he can put this whooping on some starting offensive lines. That would be really cool. Because even as a rotational piece, if he's your backup, I'm feeling great right now. He's a real penetrator that can make a difference. Jonathan Ford, we just talked about. He's way better, right? Chris Slayton, he's probably the only one that doesn't look better. He's probably not making the team. Probably not. And Kobe Wooden, who I don't know if you saw that clip of like Carl Brooks highlights. I don't know if you saw that on, on Twitter. I'm sure I did. Or whatever it's called now. But... There's there's like a little highlight package of him just wrecking people, but one of the those highlights was actually it was on a stunt against the Patriots and Carl Brooks got the I believe it was a sack or it was a throwaway or whatever. Kobe Wooden took the right guard into the center and left guard and just took out the middle of the line. <laughs> it's insane, right? And then Carl Brooks just like loops right around to nobody in the way. And then makes the play. Kind of reminds me of when Dean Lowry got that sack. I think it was against the Vikings. It was a stunt, and he stunted, and there was just nobody. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. <laughs> like, oh, I'll go to the quarterback. Cool. I'll take that. That's pretty much what happened because Kobe Wooden just took out 60% of the offensive line. Just took him right out. Erased. I just like threw one into the other one. It was awesome. So there's so much young talent. I, we're saying this about every position, but there's so much young talent uh, here. Most positions. We're going to get here soon. That's true. Um, I just, I'm really excited about pretty much all of these guys. They're all flashing. They all look better than they did last year. And the rookies look like they can really play. And we got these in the middle end of the draft. So far, it looks like pretty much every pick can play NFL football. Maybe not Lou Nichols, but besides that. Correct. Besides Lou Nichols, it looks like every pick can play NFL football. Especially Sean, huge. Especially Sean Clifford. Especially Sean Clifford. Because he's a big red dog. Okay. Uh, outside linebackers. Outside linebackers. I'm probably again, just going to blitz through this. Pun not intended, but happy for it. Rashawn Gary looks like he's going to be coming back in a timely fashion. Great to see that. Preston Smith, don't really see a lot of him because it's preseason and he's ancient. Justin Hollins continues to be a dude. He, um, again, playing more of the second team, but when he gets in, he's had a few pressures, and I'd like to see out of him. Kingsley Gunabari is... is he's really stood out. Preseason darling. I liked what I saw of him last year, and he continues to just... Mall linemen. He's winning with power. He's winning with speed. The motor is relentless. This is someone who might be pushing for Preston snaps at some point in the season. And as I'm going to get to next, Nessie hasn't looked great out of all the rookies. I think he's been the one that's disappointed me a little bit. Did look better against the Patriots, but in Cincinnati, there are a few times where he just didn't. You could see he was not in the right spot or like the, the running back like broke out on the side of his block, like Nessie couldn't get off. And then Nessie's like turned around. I was like, bro, your eye was on. <laughs> your Barrington zone. Your Barrington oh. zone. So I think that I watched a little bit more of Nessie. And it just seems like at the moment he doesn't have much of a plan going into the play. A little lost. little, maybe, little maybe lost, moments a little he bit. Kinda, he's very much relying on strength and athleticism, which has paid off. He's He gets... He seems to collapse the pocket a good amount, get some pressure on the quarterback. He's not beating his guy and has a clean shot at anything, run or pass so far, from what I've seen. At least in the Patriots game, I'll agree that he did, I will say, contribute to some pass rush. Yeah. He wasn't the main, but he he's also collapse the pocket. helped collapse the pocket. Same, same thing with the Jonathan Ford plays, where you're eliminating places they can go, and then right. also... It's like a millisecond, but it's still something when you think you're going like, oh, I'm going to move up and right, and then out. Oh, no, Nessie's coming. And then you got Nessie's walking the go. tackle back at me. Yeah. And then 
oh, that's Kingsley and Abari going on my shoulder. Okay. Right. But that, that kind of sounds similar to early Rashawn. That was kind of his thing. He, he, he just kind of ran through the guy towards you and he didn't really get around anybody. Um, and he hadn't quite gotten his move set down where he now kind of pushes and then rips and kind of hump moves towards, towards the quarterback. But he looks like he can be useful so far. And we knew he was going to take a while too. He's, he's a project. He's very much on the Rashawn Gary path, the Rashawn Gary plan where it's, we're not going to see awesome stuff. We'll see flashes this year. We're not expecting him to be starter level caliber until next year at the earliest, but it makes me so happy that some of these other guys are stepping up in that void. Oh, totally. And just having the different packages we can have, if you have three or four good outside linebacker pass rushes is always exciting. The one guy I shouldn't mention and, our buddy JP, one-time co-host, to be remiss if we didn't, was Brennan Cox. We've seen some nice things out of him. He did have the tip that went to Dallin Levitt because mm-hmm. it's the only way Dallin Levitt could ever get an interception. He also had a really nice um, – it's not going to show up anywhere because he did nothing on the play, but on one of the Carl Brooks highlights, it, it was really just a whooping by our entire defensive line and linebacker and crew, which is awesome. But it was a run play. It was supposed to be kind of a stretch right concept. And then Carl Brooks just destroyed his guy, and the ball never got that far to the right, never went off tackle. But Brenton Cox beat the tackle and then just held him with one arm and just stood at the edge. Like, the, there's no way you're going off tackle. It's pure strength. Because he's just there, yeah. right? This is a former Georgia and then Florida recruit and player. Obviously, he got dismissed from both those places, which is why uh, we have him, and he didn't get selected pretty early in the draft. But very highly touted, very athletic like if he had been able to play through his collegiate career and not gotten into any trouble and it stayed at one school i mean you're talking first round or two right given his gifts and the production that he was kind of going towards so if you can try to harness that i mean if he is your outside linebacker five or six that's ridiculous at this point he's somebody that needs to start against seattle because i think there's it's going to be him or justin hollins Justin Hollins is either 27 or 28, but he has given us pretty good snaps. I mean, at, good. at outside linebacker 4 or 5, just like we were saying with Cox, like you really can't ask for better than Justin Hollins was last year. But Brennan Cox is a guy that if we try to get him through waivers, even with what he's shown at this point, I don't think he'll get through waivers. I don't think he'll get him back on the practice squad. So if we, we want to real look at him. I do. Hopefully Seattle plays their starters. I would start him against Seattle. See what he can do. Because right now, I would probably, again, if you're doing like Madden-style ratings, you have at least a 5 or 10-point advantage for Justin Hollins. But it's going to be, you know, we'll see what they do. And also, you have Justin Hollins, who has never been in any trouble whatsoever. And I'm hoping that Brenton Cox is head on right. He's been good so far. But you do have this, like, hey, yeah, you don't know. we're taking a risk on someone who, A, will he develop, and B, like, he hasn't shown consistently for a long time that he cannot be a knucklehead. Last year, um, after we signed Hollins, they talked about his leadership qualities in the in the room, in the outside linebacker room, stuff like that goes a long way. So, I have a really hard time believing we're going to cut him. And he's I doubt productive. It. He's productive. Yeah. A good guy. The rest of the team likes him. He has some sort of leadership role. Um, being one of the elder statesmen at this point, I guess, because he's the second oldest to Preston, right? Yeah. Um, but Cox has some like legit upside. I think if he can get there, he's got a super long way to go, but uh, there's potential there. It's just going to be interesting. And thinking about like other positions, we're talking about a wide receiver where if you maybe keep a, you know, an extra guy or two that you're not necessarily going to keep on the team, but you want to sneak him into the practice squad. I think just looking around this roster, we're going to run out of guys that we would want to have back that we think safe with like potentially going to practice squads. You know, like, like yeah. TJ Slayton, Carl Brooks, all those guys would be taken. Yep. At least our good backup offense line would be taken. Like, we're just going to run out of spots here. Let's go to linebacker. Um, inside linebacker. Inside linebacker, can, yeah. This is an easy one. So Quay and Devondre, I think, are pretty much status quo. Quay, yep. or Devondre was a little banged up, but he's also, like, pissed off as hell on social media. He's going to be going for heads this year. Can't wait to see it. Yep. I loved him before, but someone who wears their heart on the sleeves, big surprise, they're a Devin guy. Quay looks good, fine. Good. He's Quay. And then Isaiah McStuffie, I think, has still looked like a, a good, solid linebacker. Yeah, three. Because he's gotten some of these, a lot of the, the, the starting reps next to Quay, and he's looked, he's looked good. 
I think that's that's pretty locked. And then you have Eric Wilson and then the converted safety, Tariq Carpenter. Tariq Carpenter was amazing on special teams last year, but as I texted you during the game against the Patriots, it just doesn't look like he doesn't he doesn't want to be at middle linebacker. And there was something in an interview with Joe Barry, they're like, Yeah, I know Tariq isn't excited about this, which dude, you can't you can't be a seventh round pick on a team that no. has more linebackers than they need. And like it's either you or Eric Wilson and be having that type of attitude. So I think he's probably going to be on the outside looking in. I agree. Unless he figures a shit out, because Eric Wilson isn't great. But there were times where we had to have Eric Wilson and Isaiah McStuffy out there. And it wasn't Quain or Vondre, but it wasn't... It was fine. It was I mean, fine. You know, it wasn't B.J. Goodson either. When you're on inside linebacker number four, there's only so much you can hope for. For sure. And Eric Wilson's fine there. Defensive back we go? Or cornerback? Cornerback, another pretty easy one. I think, uh, obviously, Rasul, Jair, they are what they are. Keyshawn's looked pretty good in the slot, I think, overall, especially the first game against couple, the Bengals. I think he had a couple of TFLs, like right yeah. now, line of scrimmage against Cincinnati. Good. No hesitation. Uh, Stokes, I think, is alive, right? Pop-less, I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen him on the sideline. Otherwise, we'd have no idea that he was still breathing, so good for him. Uh, I'm going through a lot of the, the bad ones first. Shamar? Hmm. I think Shamar's still making this team. He's had... He looked not, bad against the Patriots. Not great. I thought he looked good against Cincinnati. I agree. And I've heard overall good things for him. I mean, if we're going down to the bottom of the roster here. So let's just, okay, pretend that Stokes is on pup list, right? Yeah. So Carrington Valentine is probably four. 100% he's four. He he's had balling a out. great game against Cincinnati. Got a little exposed against the Patriots, but also doesn't help when your safety doesn't help you over the top. And he's still, he still made plays. I mean, there's. Yeah, he's not Jair, and but there's he no looks, hesitation. Right, he looks like he can play in the NFL, which for a seventh round pick is already a huge win. Like you see some of these guys, Demarius Randall and whatnot, that play slow, or like when Savage is being bad, he plays in his head. Yep. Carrington Valentine plays like a dog. A hundred percent. He's got that he's got the fire and kind of swagger you need to be a starting caliber cornerback in this league. I think we carry five going into the season. So I think Shamar is the next one over. Corey Ballantyne, because you can't have Corey Ballantyne in the roster. That's going to be too much Definitely for you to handle. With, with Carrington Valentine. <laughs> yeah, I know. You really struggled <laughs> with that last time. And Condre Thomas just isn't quite there. But I, I think that's where we're at in the corner room. I completely agree. And safeties, I mean, we already we mentioned already talked it. about them. So, again, this, I think, I guess we can go to kicker and punter and then our keys for Seattle as we wrap up. But, I mean, kicker, I guess we already kind of discussed both of these, too, is that we'll see what the kid can do. We need more consistency. And punter... It was probably Andy Herman or one of the other guys, other members of Packers media other than us, that mentioned, you know, if if the competition is close between O'Donnell and the the rookie punter, some people would say, oh, you should take the rookie because he's cheaper. You you take Pat O'Donnell because we're going to be punting in Lambeau in December. Yep. And wherever the NFC wildcard playoff takes us in, Ooh, I like it. into December and January. And then I don't know where the Super Bowl you is mean this we're year. we're not getting the bye? I don't think so. I think okay. we'll have a little, you know, we'll have some up and downs. Carlson will win people some games, but. Yeah, no, I agree. We'll be okay. All right. So I just think looking at Seattle, I think it really just matters for us. Like, what are the people that we need to have answers about? And for me personally, like guys that normally like wouldn't start that I want to see start. Rashid Walker and Zach Thomas, we talked about. Agreed. Brenton Cox. Yeah, I need to see a lot more of him. And then I would like to see Carrington and Shamar. Just more reps for both of them. Yeah. And and then at safety, don't don't play Savage. And then play the next two. Play everybody but Savage. Pretty much. And then guys that aren't going to make it. I want to see more Anthony Johnson just because he is the one that has the most untapped potential in theory because the rest of these guys are all mid-20s already. Yeah, he has the highest potential. Or at least we don't know what it is yet. We kind of know what everybody else is. I mean, he almost had a, a Nick Collins-esque coming over safety against he, he interception. 36. He does wear 36, but almost had a pick on the sideline against the Patriots. He did. 36, the black visor. He's got something about him that feels old-school Packers. Is he a combination of Gilbert Brown and Nick Collins? I don't know. I love it. But Nick Collins, Leroy Butler, when you're wearing 36 and you play safety for the Green Bay Packers, you're going to be a hawk, and Guaranteed. you're you're going to have to work on that vertical, son, because you're going to be making a few trips to uh, Lambeau Leapland. You 100% are. That's the expectation. I'm hoping for it because all these other guys are not quite doing much for me, and for the love all. of God, no down Levitt. 
at least I guess they don't look tear like they're not awful. No, just no one's done anything. Correct. I think for me, running back three. Yep. We need to figure that out. And then wide receiver four, five, six. We got to figure that out. Fair. Whoever's uh, left. Yeah. We, y'all got to figure it out on the field. I still think it's just someone's going to be hurt, and that's going to be who decides. Probably. Because a lot of those, I guess Malik Keith, not so much, but the other two, they've both been banged up. I think that's how it's going to kind of sort itself out, as a lot of these situations do. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm hoping someone takes the reins and be like, I am wide receiver four. I am wide receiver five. You know, just clearly outplays the other. That's what I'm hoping for, anyways. I can't wait for you to reenact that next episode. In the third quarter, on a third and seven, Malik Heath stood up and said, Lucas Mueller, I am wide receiver five. That would be great. That would be great, too. But yeah, I'm super excited. Overall, right? Just super excited about all of the young talent we have. You know, some people say that, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, that's the most wonderful time of the year. Bullshit. This is the most wonderful time of the year right here, right now. Nothing but optimism. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm hoping we still have a lot more positive shows going forward i think that we do have our expectations tampered a little bit but we are also both really excited for a lot of this young talent it's gonna be a really fun season man i can't wait it's gonna be exciting there's gonna be ups there's gonna be downs we're gonna laugh we're gonna cry there's gonna be a whole lot of love and maybe a a little clifford hopefully very little clifford hopefully human victory cigar clifford i'm feeling like wildcat the clifford cat okay all right, guys. Well, that's enough size out of Luke. So that means until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.